Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. And we all have the victory. That's right. We all have the victory with Jesus Christ. And so we just we just thank you for joining us today. We um we are glad that you're with us. Um we're here to serve the Lord and um it's good that we do it together in unity. And so today, um, on this noonday service, we are just grateful for each one of you, and we thank you for being present. So let us go in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come right now to say thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are God all by yourself. And without you, we can do nothing. And so we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being present. Thank you, Lord, for being in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for raising us up this morning so that we can see each other's face one more time, that we can hear each other's voices, that we can feel each other's cares. And we just ask right now that you would be with each one of us, Lord. You know what's going on in the lives of all your people. You made us and you know all about it. And we just say thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. And we ask right now that you would heal us, that you would that you would um, be strong in our lives and show yourself strong, Lord that you would lead us and guide us and get us to the point where we know in our heart, no matter what's going on, that that you are our Savior, that you are our strong tower, that we can depend on you. And we just say thank you, Lord. We ask your healing power and restoration for those that are sick among us. We pray for Sister Mildred Purnell on today, Lord, if you would raise her up so that she may go home and be with her family and enjoy many more days of her life. We just thank you for what you're doing in the midst of her right now and how you're, you're healing her, how you're restoring her, how you're giving her another chance be the woman that she is. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for those in our churches that are sick. We thank you that 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 you are able to maintain us even in sickness, that you can restore, that you can put your hand upon us and heal us, Lord, in mind, body, and soul. We pray for those that are incarcerated on today, those that are in hospitals and nursing homes. We pray for those who have mental issues, health, uh, depression, and loneliness. We pray for those, Lord, that 
have financial woes and relationship issues and issues with forgiveness. Lord, help us to forgive our brothers, our mankind, so that we can move forward. Lord, we pray for our government. We ask that you be with those in leadership positions in our local, national, state government, in our world, Lord. Those politicians and people that you have been put in, in charge of your government, that they would listen to you, that they would be led by your Holy Spirit, that they would make wise decisions governing your people. We pray for, Lord, for those that are that are bereaved right now, those that have had problems with gun violence and 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 death in their families. Lord, we ask you to be with each one of us. We don't know everything that's happening, but you know, Lord, and you're there for us. I thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Amen. Today, our word comes from the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter 12 in the Old Testament, and we're just going to read one verse. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, and this is what it says. If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if the land, if in the land of peace in which you trusted they wearied you, then how will you do in the foot? Plain in the floodplain of the Jordan. Once again, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, and this is coming from the New King James Version. If you have run with footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted they wearied you, then how will you do? in the floodplain of the Jordan. I'd like to use for a subject on today, no whining allowed. No whining allowed. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you right now for your word. We thank you for allowing me to be your conduit, your instrument, Lord. Speak through me. Let your Holy Spirit come in and guide the words of my mouth. Lord, in the meditation of my heart, let it be acceptable in your sight. Lord, allow your people not to hear from me, but to hear from you. Prepare the hearts and minds of your people to hear from you on today. And not just be hearers of your word, but doers as well. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. No whining allowed. A couple of weeks ago, I, I preached from the book of Jeremiah. And um, the Lord sent me back to Jeremiah today. I talked about a few weeks ago how Jeremiah was 17 years old, something in that range when he was called to be a prophet to the people. And it wasn't something that Jeremiah wanted to do. But when the Lord told him that I will be with you, Jeremiah, then he agreed to do it. Not that he really had a choice, 
but he accepted his call. But here in the 12th chapter, we see that Jeremiah is complaining to God. Jeremiah is complaining about how hard it is. The people don't want to hear what I have to say, Lord. You you bring in a, a, a bad word to them about their sins and the judgment, and they don't want to hear that. And and they, they mistreat me, and they don't want to listen to me, not even my own family. They, they want to hear the words of prosperity and how everybody can be rich and how we can be entrepreneurs. They don't want to hear anything about turning away from their sin and repenting. And Jeremiah was complaining, just like we do, just like others complain to God. Remember when Adam told God, he says, he says God, you know that woman you gave me? She caused me to eat of that fruit and disobey you. Elijah, he said, God, uh, I helped kill the 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, and now Jezebel is after me, and, and I'm the only one alive. You got to do something, God. I, I, I'm the only one left. The children of Israel, they complained. You let Moses bring us out here in this wilderness to die. Now we're in front, the, the Red Sea is in front of us and Pharaoh's behind us and we're just going to be out here to die. Why did, you, why did you bring us out here? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Paul, Paul complained. He said, Lord, I got this thorn in the side, this thing. It's hurting me. It, it, it's abusive to me. You got to do something about this thing. All of those people and others in the Bible complaining, whining to God, talking about how hard it is. We do the same thing. Lord, it's so hot. I can't stand all this heat. And then what happens? We get a little cool spell, and we start to complain about that. Lord, it's so dry. The ground is so dry, and, and, and the flower, my flower's dying. Then we get rain. Lord, it's raining too much. Can't stand all this rain. We complain from one thing to the other, one thing to the other. We forget about where God has brought us from and how much he has already done for us and what he does for us each day, how he wakes us up, how he puts clothes on our back and food on our table, how he takes care of us, how he gives us, allows us to, to, to fellowship with with our loved ones and with others and all the blessings that he's given us. But instead of singing like Marvin Sapp, I never would have made it, Lord, without you. You know what we sing? We sing like Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately, Lord? In an arrogant, ungrateful tone. And so, 
here we find in Jeremiah chapter 5, chapter 12, verse 5, God's answer to Jeremiah. And if truth be told, he's talking to all of us. And once again, this time I'm going to I'm going to give it to you from the New Living Translation. This is what God said to Jeremiah about all of those complaints. What he's saying to us today as we're complaining, Lord, we don't know what's going to happen. Gas prices are going up and 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 no food, groceries, we can't hardly afford the groceries and COVID is kicking back up and and our government's going crazy, and well, uh, you know, but I'm out on the roads, and I see all the people still driving everywhere. Traffic is heavy. Why are we complaining about gas? Obviously, we buying it. Grocery stores are still full of people buying groceries, but yet we keep complaining. So this is God's answer. He says. If racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? In other words, when when the Jordan starts to rise and you've got to, 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 to make it through all of that, that's what he said to Jeremiah. But he's given us that same word. He's saying, if you're complaining about how bad it is now, don't you know that it can always get worse? If you're complaining right now about how bad people are treating you and how bad it is and you live in a land of opportunity, then what's going to happen if it gets any worse? How are you going to be able to stand it? Jeremiah, if you can't race men on foot, how are you going to race against somebody on horseback? How are you going to make it, people? How are we going to make it if things get worse than they are right now, if we're complaining about right now, even in the midst of how good we have it? So, you know, we're praying And we're asking God to fix everything. Fix it, Lord. Fix it. Like the song said, fix it. I'm going to wait on you. But, but, But that song indicates waiting is not a passive thing. It's an aggressive thing. We're waiting. We're praying. We're doing our part. We're having dialogue. At least that's what we should be doing in prayer. But truth be told, most of us are having monologue because all we're doing is complaining and asking God to fix it. But what's the title of the sermon today? No whining allowed. And that's what he told Jeremiah. I'm sure that wasn't the answer that Jeremiah was looking for. In other words, God was telling Jeremiah, it ain't going to get no better. In fact, it's going to get worse, and we know it did get worse. Jeremiah was stoned to death after many, many years of preaching to the people who did not change, crying out to the Lord on their behalf. 
the weeping prophet. And what did what what about Adam? What is it that that God says to Adam? He says Adam complained about Eve, and God said to Adam, "Hey." Hey, no, no need of you complaining to me. You're going to work now because of your decision to disobey me. You're going to work all the days of your life. That's what it's going to be. You're going to work, and then you're going to die, and you're going to leave it here for the next generation. That was his word to Adam. Don't don't be complaining. Don't be whining to me, to Elijah. He says, Stop whining and complaining. You're just tired. You're hungry. You're sleeping. You need to recharge. Stay right here by this brook, and I'm going to send the raven with bread and meat for you so you can recharge. What did, what did he say to the children of Israel? You people of no faith, you're complaining about being out here in the wilderness. And for 40 years, I kept you, kept, fed you guided you. Your clothes didn't wear out. Your shoes didn't wear out. But you're a faithless generation, and so not one of you will enter into the promised land. What did he say to Paul? Paul, who complained, I got this thorn in the side, Lord. He told Paul, he said, my my faith is sufficient for you. Grace, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, in other words, my grace is sufficient. He says, live with it. I'm not going to take it from you. You got to learn to live with it. No whining allowed. Sometimes God is not going to take us out of that situation. He's not going to fix it for us. He's going to tell us to have the faith to live with it. Have the faith to step up and do something for ourselves and not just sit back and wait on him. You know, what can you do? What can you do to help the situation? You gotta you need a healing? Then what can you do to get your healing? Can you get up? Can you walk? Can you exercise? Can you move a little bit? Can you change your diet? Can you get more rest? What is it that's wrong in your relationship? Can you forgive your brother? Can you extend a hand? What is it that's wrong in your world? Can you show some kindness to your neighbor? Can you walk across town to the other side of town and ask somebody that doesn't look like you to come and join your church? Come on, let's go to church together. Uh, Come on, let's pray together. Let's do this thing. Let's talk it out. Are you going to spend all of your time whining and complaining? Are you going to straighten up, stand up, and do something? Things might not get any easier. They might get worse. But if you get tired running with men on foot, how are you going to race with horses? If you tie it now, as good as things are, as well as you have it, how are you going to handle it if it gets any better, any worse, excuse me, before it gets better? Are you going to bend and give in? 
Are you going to let the enemies of God blaspheme the name of God, or are you and I going to speak out? Are we going to let the devil and his demons ride us, or will we refuse to roll over? Are we going to proclaim Jesus as Lord? We have the power. Let's use it. We have the power. In other words, what you saying, preacher? What what you mean by we have the power? What 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 is it that we need to do to make things better rather than whining? We need to get in alignment with God. We need to as we have opportunity, do good to all mankind. And I don't know what that looks like for you in your world. But if you pray and ask God to show you, to give you opportunities, things will come to you. Maybe you're behind somebody in line and they're trying to buy groceries and they don't have enough money. They come up short. Maybe you can help out with the bill. Maybe you have a garden and you can share some of your food. Maybe you can babysit, watch the kids while mother goes out and makes some money. Maybe you can teach them how to pray or give them a skill, teach them how to read, mentor somebody. Maybe you can start a prayer service, adopt a family that's less fortunate, Maybe if you're complaining about the government, you'll get up, and this time you'll vote, and you'll vote responsibly. Maybe you will start to give back the first fruit of what God has given you, tithing your time, talent, and your money so that you're no longer cursed, but you're blessed. So instead of whining and complaining, do your part. You have the power. Let's use it. The best time to prepare for a storm is not when you're in the storm, but before the storm comes. I think it was June 1st, I believe, that that began hurricane season. And so far, we haven't had a hurricane yet, but are we going to wait for the hurricane before we stock up, before we make sure that we got enough medication, before we have a plan, before we save a little cash money? Are we going to bring the car home on empty every day? What if the hurricane storm comes overnight, don't you need a full tank or at least some gas in your car? Think about these things. These are things you do before the storm comes. So in our lifetime, in our existence right now, what is it that we need to do before things get bad for us, before the all-out 
assault of, of Satan and his demons. It's evil all around us. And the devil is constantly going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour, trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And so before that happens in your life, in my life, we need to prepare. First thing we need to do is that we need to train for the trial that we're not yet in by studying God's word, by knowing God's word, by putting it inside of us. When the devil came at Jesus, he could say to each temptation, devil, it is written. What scripture can you say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is the strength of my life. He's my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. These are scriptures we need to have inside of us. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Study God's word. Know God's word. Be able to say God's word when the enemy comes against us. That's the first thing. The second thing is we talk about in Ephesians 6, putting on the whole armor of God, but we need to wear that armor daily. Wear it. The helmet of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet shod with the gospel of peace and all those instruments, those weapons that are part of the army, the armor of God. We need to not just put it on, but wear it always. And then the third thing is we need to abide in Christ. Live in him. Why? Because abiding is not a one-time thing we do when we're in trouble. Lord, have mercy on me. Now you're on your knees because you need God. But you need to abide in him daily. What does the word say? Opposition escalates with opportunity. In other words, every time you get new levels and you get to a point in your life, there's going to be new devils. So we need to abide in Christ, not just talk about it when we're in trouble. So the word today is no whining aloud. No whining aloud. Because we have the power of Jesus Christ living inside of us. And we're looking for God to do everything, but he's not going to do for us what we can do for ourselves. And truth be told, we haven't done everything we needed to do. And that's why we haven't gotten the results we need. So we need to study God's word. We need to put it inside of us so that we can regurgitate it when we need it. We need to, to wear the 
whole armor of God daily. We need to abide in Christ, and he will abide in us because without him, we can do nothing. So the word today, saints, is no whining aloud. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you don't always come to us in the way that we think you should come, but you give us what we need. And today you've given us a hard word to shake us up and get us out of our complacency, helping us to realize that we have what we need. We need to just use it. We thank you, Lord, for giving us power, for giving us authority, for allowing us to be able to fight against the devil and his enemies, his demons, our enemies, and to win. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us, and you have not done that, but you're right here with us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that on today we're going to leave this place and go give someone else an encouraging word, a helping hand. We're going to do something for ourselves that we haven't done, that you're calling us to do. We're going to walk in our authority. We thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name. We do pray. I want to thank all of you for joining us today for this noonday service. I hope it has meant something to you. And I want to remind you that God is a loving God, but he's not going to do for us what we can do for ourselves. And just like in Mark chapter 6, verses 34 through 44, when the disciples came to Jesus after he'd been preaching all day to the people. And the disciples said, send these people home, Lord, so they can get some food. But what did Jesus say to him, to them? He said, you feed them. That's what God is saying to us today. You go be salt and light. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore, let us all say amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you on today. We love you. Go and be awesome for God. Amen.